Wagwan to all my listeners out there. Welcome to the Growing Lock with your boy Samson Lux. This is my first official podcast. Um, this is going to be a series. This series is going to be covering the LSU sports team and maybe even some other sports teams in particular. I'd just like to start off by saying I'm an LSU fan. I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. And I'm a Los Angeles Lakers fan. I know you probably thought there'd be a third Louisiana team in there, but no, wasn't really a Pelicans fan. But getting back to the topic, the LSU Tigers football team, the pride and joy of Louisiana. Last Saturday, big loss against Alabama. Oh, it pains me to talk about this, but you, you feel it a little bit. We just gotta kind of clear things out, man. What a what a tough loss, but a loss that everyone expected. Now, we're going to analyze this game because although it was a blowout, yes, I'm going to say it, there were some positives, with the positives being the LSU defense. And that main positive, shall I say, was keeping a high-powered Alabama offense, which no one has ever seen the lights of, under their season average. They're averaging about maybe about 45, 46 points a game, putting up over 600 yards of offense. To say they were held to 29 points, that's the one positive. And you may find that funny, but that's definitely one feat that I don't think any other team will achieve this season. Alabama is obviously the number one team in the country. There's no doubt about it. If you look at the rankings, you'll see Alabama at number one. And then there's a long gap. About about the gap of your average loose leaf page paper with a couple of lines and then you begin number two in the rest of the teams. That's how bad it is right now. So the first thing we're going to analyze about this game was the LSU offense, which was virtually non-existent. It's not shocking to say the least. LSU has been having a problem with their offense for, say, the past five or six years. They're on their third offensive coordinator in three years we went from the stages of cam cameron which was the end of the les miles tenure to matt canada who came from pittsburgh he was hired by ed orgeron for i want to say 1.5 million dollars matt canada was brought in to usher the lsu offense into the new age of things spread offenses rpos high-powered offense up tempo use of the athletes now there were some rumblings that Ed Ogeron did not give the complete reins of the offense over to Matt Canada, which eventually led to a fallout and now the hiring of current offensive coordinator Steve Ensminger. Now we get to Steve Ensminger, promises of implementing a spread offense for LSU, something we have never seen before. All the fans were excited. We have seen pieces of a spread offense but nothing close to the likes of Ole Miss, Clemson, Auburn, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, nothing close to that. LSU is always gonna remain with its same identity, which is pound the football first to open up the pass. We're a ground and pound team, but you can be a power running team from the spread. This offense, it's not even sputtering. It, it, It couldn't even get a start. And yes, I know what you're saying. This is the Alabama defense. Alabama's defense is just as great as LSU's. Systematically sound, swarm to the ball, don't give up an inch. It's always been like that. But other teams have proven this season that you can move the ball on this Alabama defense. 
by running it and passing it. And then here comes LSU with a legit enough defense to hold Alabama at bay, but put up a big goose egg on the board. What was the problem? Could it have been Joe Burrow to not completing passes? Real big game for the kid. He seemed rattled a little bit. Could it be LSU not having an elite running back this year? Could it be the youth of the wide receivers? No, we're going to look at the bigger picture. The offensive line. If you watched that whole game last Saturday, you saw three linemen from Alabama, that 3-4 defense, push back five guys. Three on five. The whole game, every play. And it was sickening and disheartening to see. I'm not sure, was it in terms of strength? Was it in terms of technique? But those three guys for Alabama, Quentin Williams in particular. Is it Quentin Williams or Quentin Thomas? I'm not sure. But the guy had four sacks. And on multiple occasions, I seen the LSU line try to double team this guy. And each and every time, it was either a swim move, a bull rush, a rip move. He was sitting right there in Joe Burrow's lap the whole game unstoppable force you can try to blame this game on Joe Burrow all you want and you can try to blame it on the running backs but one thing if you watch football any successful team you have to win up front whether that's the offensive line whether that's the defensive line if you don't have a push up front in the trenches your offense is non-existent or your defense is getting blown through Joe Burrow absolutely had no time. I want to, if, if I could just go back and replay the whole game in my head, which I would hate to do, there was not a single snap where Joe Burrow dropped back and had at least four seconds to throw the ball. I promise you, there was not. Um. Also, it's, you can blame the scheme, but I really just think that we're not going to be able to compete with a team like Alabama until we shore up the trenches. And that goes within years of recruiting. Not just one year of getting top linemen. You have to, it's like a stockpile. You have to consistently get these guys and develop them. LSU has had a ton of injuries on the offensive line from Garrett Brumfield to Adrian McGee to Lloyd Cushenberry to Sadiq Charles. And you bring in these younger guys and they have to step up. But you can't just immediately expect an offensive line to jail when you don't have a constant starting five. These guys have to gain chemistry. They have to gain trust. They have to learn the schemes. They have to know every play. Who has this guy? And schemes change depending on defensive alignment. So it was a tough game, but it was expected. There was a lot of hope. I love the hype leading up to the game, but we honestly knew what we were in for. But I'm still proud of the way they fought can't be mad at that defense being a defensive guy which is where we're going to move on to next the LSU defense they gave up 29 points to a Telegova 25 of 42 295 passing yards two touchdowns he threw his first interception of the season people this was considered a below average game for Tua think about that 25 of 42 295 yards two touchdowns and one pick is considered an average game below average game for the Heisman front runner 
this kid is amazing. I believe the hype. I've seen him from when he came in and took Jalen Hurts' spot to win that national championship against Georgia. This kid is the truth, and he's only a sophomore and destined to win another national championship this year. I can easily see this kid finishing his career undefeated without any losses in three national championships and two Heismans. That would virtually lock him up is possibly the greatest collegiate football player ever. A couple of you out there screaming, and this is me truthfully saying this is an LSU fan. This kid is amazing and you should enjoy his time while he's here. It's going to be sad for LSU fans if we can't do anything about it, but you have to give credit where credit is due. The LSU defense did a great job. First team this season to stop Alabama from scoring on their first opening drive. Think about that. Every opening drive this season, no matter who they played, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. LSU comes in and gets the stop. That was the first sign of a positive night. But here is where things get bad. Alabama is generally a running team. Not this season. They throw the ball, folks. They throw it, and they throw it, and they throw it to some talented wide receivers. Wide receiver number one, Jerry Judy. Possibly the Belentnikoff winner, which is the best receiver in the country. He finished the game eight catches for 103 yards. Ish Smith Jr. Not Ish Smith. Irv Smith. Irv Smith, the tight end, four catches, 64 yards, a touchdown. That's one player unaccounted for. You have to worry about Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, who finished with four catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Jalen Waddle, who's an exceptional athlete, extremely fast. Alabama just had so many weapons on offense. It's not, it's not even in terms of what can we do to stop them. It's what can you do to limit them. And I give Dave Aranda credit. It's a reason why he's the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country. And it's a reason why tons of NFL teams are trying to grasp him and bring him to the NFL. He's a defensive mastermind. But defense in this age of football can only do so much. It can keep you in the game and it may win you some games. But when it comes to a team with a high power offense, it's what can the defense can do to slow them down? What can we do to limit them? And Dave Aranda and that defense did all they could do to give that LSU team a chance to win. There's nothing more I can say. You had Devin White out, the LSU senior leader, first-round draft pick, probably top 10 draft pick, top linebacker going into the draft for this upcoming year, sitting out a whole first half on a bogus targeting penalty. We won't talk about that any further. We know it was it was garbage. We'll leave it at that. And you had two freshman linebackers in Michael Baskerfield and Patrick Queen who got the start to step up in their first start in the big game against a team like Alabama. It's tough, man. It's tough. But I give that defense all the props in the world. They did what they can do. And now you have to move on. Next thing we're going to talk about, the playoff rankings were released after this Saturday. LSU is still at number seven. Three spots out of the top four teams which go to the playoffs. A lot of people are going to be angry about this, and I'm not saying this because I'm biased, but think about it. Why is LSU with two losses at number seven? And I'll tell you why, and it was already explained by the College Football Playoff Committee chair. You have a team 
with an amazing defense, which I feel is, po- is possibly the best defense in the country next to Alabama and Clemson. They lost on the road to a, a great, not excellent Florida team. Tough loss. Lost in the swamp, which is also tough. And then you lose to the best team in the country. Those two losses right there. Why shouldn't they be ranked inside the top 10? You have Alabama sitting on the top, Clemson at number two, Notre Dame at number three, and Michigan at number four. All those teams are great. But I feel LSU would beat Notre Dame, and they would beat Michigan. And I'm willing to bet on that. LSU is still a great team without an offense. That's what's crazy about it. If the offense just showed a little bit of competence of going in the direction of being a spread team or a team that can move the ball and put up, let's say, 30 points, we can get touchdowns. We can be efficient in the red zone. Not to mention they have the best kicker in the country named Cole Tracy. LSU would be a formidable, dangerous opponent. And they already are with just their defense. We just have to see what direction this team is going to go in. Ed Orgeron made a promise to the LSU faithful that he was going to go out and hire the best coordinators to put these amazing athletes in a position to succeed and finally bring LSU the offense they deserve. Steve Ensminger did not want the job before the season started. He said that word for word with his own mouth. I'm a little bit disappointed that Ed Orgeron didn't hold on to the promise that he gave. There was no formal interviews conducted. There were some names thrown about, but all in all, Steve Ensminger was awarded with the offensive coordinator job, which I know he loves the school and he's been there for a while. But why would you give the offensive coordinator job to a guy that didn't want the job in the first place? And we're seeing the effects of it right now. I want to say this has already been a successful season for LSU. They have the most top 25 wins in the country, winning at Auburn, beating Miami to open a season, knocking off a Georgia team, obliterating them in Tiger Stadium. And they're ranked above LSU right now. That's another big key win. LSU needs to find an offense. And the sooner and quicker they do, I promise you, this team will be elite. There's only one team that I can see possibly competing with Alabama this year, and that's Clemson. Once again, I know people hate to see it, but we might just see another Clemson-Alabama National Championship, folks. It might not be good for college football, but it's the best we have to offer at this moment. So yeah, man, this is me on my soapbox, the growing lock, which pretty much means I want everyone to come in. We grow together through the love of sports, and we're going to lock this up. And we're going to keep this podcast going. It's going to be a series. This is Samson Locks signing off. I want you guys to comment in, chime in. How do you feel about the LSU offense? Do you feel they should be ranked inside the top 10 of the playoffs? What do you think about the Alabama-LSU game? Leave your thoughts. And I thank you guys for tuning in. This is me signing out. Until next time, you guys have a good one.